Good afternoon, evening, and morning. Bonjour. Welcome to our podcast. Bienvenue à la podcast. This is a new thing we're trying. This is a new thing that we are trying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to translate my laughter into French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobble doesn't like French laughter. We've got our number one least fan in the studio with us today. Balto. Stop. Buddy, we're busy. You have reached LMNOP, the podcast about the best show on television. Eli Stone. Huh? Eli Stone. No, we're talking about the Johnny Lee Miller TV show. That's what I'm talking about. Johnny, Starring Johnny Lee Miller, a lawyer who gets an aneurysm that provides him visions from God. No. And he makes the world a better place and he's a fantastic actor. And how old is he? Young. And where is he from? Uh, America, uh-huh. most of the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except in some of his vowels. And yeah, a, a lot of the things that he says. Well, he's from somewhere in America. Uh-huh. All of his words are from somewhere in America with that <laughs> accent. But never the same place twice. No, I think. A, tra- a, a traveler of sorts. <laughs> A Pan-American accent is what he has. <laughs> For those of you don't, that don't know, Eli Stone came out in about... 2008. 2008. Uh, and, and that is where I first saw Johnny Lee Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the show on ABC. He um, has no stubble, and he is an American guy. He plays an American guy. Mm-hmm. So so he, he has an American accent. And then the next time I saw Johnny Lee Miller was in Dexter... When he plays Jordan Chase, a serial killer. Uh, spoiler alert. Not really. An I mean, American. It's introduced right away. But an American. And and I thought this guy was American as a teenager. And then CBS came out with this show, Elementary. And I, I saw a trailer for it. And I was like, wow. Johnny Lee Miller's English accent is terrible. <laughs> I'm never going to watch this. <laughs> And then I didn't until you came along. And then recently we started rewatching. We started watching Eli Stone, or for you rewatching. We watched like a clip of it, and I was like, "Oh, this is horrible <laughs> of an American accent." This I didn't know bad. any better. <laughs> Once I, you know, it's impossible to not notice it. But when you don't know, you don't I know. I was young and naive. Mm-hmm. You had no reason to question this man's accent. No. So you be rude of me too. Yeah. But we're not talking about old Johnny Lee Miller adventures. We're here to talk about train spotting. Two. <laughs> train spotting two. Also train spotting. But no, we're not here to talk about Eli Stone as much as I would like to. That's for our other new podcast <laughs> coming someday. <laughs> Getting stoned with Eli. If you contribute $50 to our Patreon, you get access to that bonus content where we put out a new Eli Stone podcast episode. Every day. It's just it's just me talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Toasty. Me like, man, I love watching Eli Stone sing and dance and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really sing. 
He he'll, doesn't sing. He'll he, bop around to it. He dances, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that Patreon is not real, but, you know, if you would pay to it, hit us up. If you send me 50 bucks, I will make you your own personal podcast. I'll send you a voice memo. <laughs> but this episode of Elementary that we are discussing. Oh, because that's what our podcast is about. Mm-hmm. The best show on television. Elementary. Elementary. Right, yes. right, right. We are talking about season one, episode 20, Dead Man's Switch. And I am your... <laughs> Nothing to do with the Nintendo game. No. My grandkids will inherit <laughs> a Dead Man's Switch. Uh... I'm your host, Val Flight Cub, a.k.a. L-P-M-O. Hmm. And I am also on this couch. I am your host, Alec, a.k.a. Successfully Dangerous. Successfully Dangerous. Yeah, it's the opposite of a failsafe. <laughs> <laughs> Which, ironically, is what the failsafe is. Ooh. It's successfully dangerous. That's true. For the people around it. Mm-hmm. This will all make sense to you, dear listener, once we get into the episode. So let's just get on started. Get right down to the beginning of the start of it. Here we go. So we open on the brownstone. We hear a... Sound. And Joan goes into the the office. And Sherlock is there. uh, And he's touching up his tattoos. Mm. With a tattoo gun on his arms. And Joan is like, hey, maybe don't do that. Maybe someone who's legit should do that. He's like, uh, I am legit. Yeah. I'm cool Sherlock Holmes. I'm a tattoo artist, too. Yeah. Well, he's like, I am a real tattoo artist because I did all of my tattoos. Which doesn't make you a tattoo artist. I feel like the training would make you the the tattoo artist. I think as long as you're creating art with tattoos, there you go. I would say he's an amateur uh, tattoo artist. Yes. Yes, he is. So I guess the definition of real is depends on who you ask. The tattoos are real. They're not washing off. I, I know. I'm not saying that the tattoos aren't real. Oh. They're real. Right. So if it's a real tattoo, it's a real tattoo artist. I don't believe that. Why won't you let me tattoo your back? You should move on. I just want to tattoo you. Well, you don't know how. Well, I'm a great drawer. Mm-hmm. I make amazing stick figures. Let's just move on. So Sherlock explains that he's able to have done all of his tattoos because he has tattoos on both of his arms because Mm -hmm. he is ambidextrous. And you thought about this. Yes. I I question, was he just born that way? Or more likely, I think he learned about ambidextricity uh, at a young age and determined, hey, that would be cool because why would I just have a useless limb? Mm -hmm. Why have an arm I can't do anything with? And he just trained himself to be ambidextrous. Yes. He definitely did that's, that. That's, that's at least head cannon, mm-hmm. which is what's the most important. Mm-hmm. Arm cannon. <laughs> Arm cannon is what Iron Enforcer had. Ah. Anyway, so moving on from the tattoo subject, Joan is like, hey, so tomorrow is your soberversary. You'll have been sober for one year and you're going to get your chip. And Sherlock is like, um, no, I don't care about chips because I'm not a baby. Chips are for normies. They're they're for boring people who like chips. Mm-hmm. He also he also says that uh, it, it's silly to uh, talk about like how long you've been sober because either you're sober or you're not. All that depends is right now. And he's like, right now I'm sober, so mm-hmm. it's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And I will be forever. Yeah. <laughs> he says he'll he be. Does. He will he be does. forever. <laughs> so. Um, that, that's just this kind of establishing the main conflict 
Oh my gosh, I forgot to put this in. Um, before we get further into the episode, um, I just wanted to put out a content warning for this episode. There is mention of sexual assault. It's not something that happens during the episode, but if that is potentially triggering to you, please don't listen. <laughs> um, we're going to breeze through the heavy stuff so that we can make our stupid jokes and have some fun with it. That's why we have a lot of uh, Twitter user questions that we're going to be responding to and such. But yeah, if, if that topic is something that you're not able to have pumped directly into your earballs, thank you so much for being a listener and we'll see you next time. Or you could... Skip ahead uh, to the silly question part. I'll put a timestamp right here of when the silly question part stuff starts. 106.32. Thank you. So, Sherlock gets a call from Alfredo. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Alfredo, you must, your ears must be burning because we were just talking about you. And Alfredo's like, well, I need your help. My sponsor actually needs your help. So they go by this guy's house. This guy's a real sponsor sponsor. He's he's Sherlock's grand sponsor. <laughs> Um, Grand Spa Grand Spa Spa um, You should point it out as well that Sherlock was wearing a t-shirt in the opening scene And then he puts on a button-up shirt mm-hmm. to look presentable Which is, it's good that he did this um, his, his t-shirt was ironic too because it was the beginning of the episode But it said, the end mm. It's because he didn't want to talk to anybody about anything mm. It's the end of the conversation <laughs> um, But anyway, so this, this uh, next part is um, where a, a mention of the content that I mentioned before, it happens. So the sponsor is um, a father. And when we come to the house, we hear the daughter playing uh, cello. She's like college age. She does, She just says like, hello, come in. But, um, you know, you get the sense that she's a vibrant young woman. And the father received an email a few months ago that was blackmail of... Um, his daughter had been sexually assaulted um, one night when she was out with a fake ID or something. And a blackmailer emailed him and said, you have to pay me $10,000 or this videotape of this horrible. Mm-hmm. And this is also all after um, the the court case and, and everything. The incident happened. They went to uh, the police. The guy was caught. He had done the same thing to a couple other women. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in jail. He's in jail. And then they got this blackmail email. Yes. So uh, the guy paid it. He just didn't even think about it. He actually paid him paid it twice, and he was he got a third blackmail email um, threatening again. And now he's you know twenty thousand dollars out and and in dire straits, thinking about you know. Using it, so he called Alfredo. And then Alfredo said, I actually know a detective who can help us with this. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, sucks about blackmail and kidnapping. And anything where you have to, like, give money to somebody else. This person is not trustworthy mm-hmm. in any way, and there's no guarantee that it's ever going to stop. Right. Now, so I think this was last episode. No, it wasn't last episode. It was, like, several episodes ago. But um, there was a there was an episode where somebody was blackmailing um like a cheater i think mm-hmm. it was that was like across the, you remember this like across the courtyard of his building the guy was like hooking up with the babysitter. right yeah 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 and i was like blackmail is like kind of good this is absolutely not what i meant like <laughs> i meant like when you black if somebody's doing something bad and you blackmail them because you know that they're doing something bad 
I think it can be kind of a funny prank to get a bunch of money out of them and then report them to the police anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the like vi- like just a, an, a horribly evil thing to do where yeah. somebody has been a victim of a terrible crime and they're trying to recover from their from this trauma and they're uh, you know you're basically threatening to re-traumatize them mm-hmm. again. And Sherlock says in the episode, he's like, I think blackmailers are the worst kind of criminals, maybe even worse than murderers. And he gets this like very somber look on his face and he's like, Watson and I will solve this. We will find this guy and we will get rid of every copy of this vile recording. Yeah. And I don't think we've mentioned the whole fail safe thing yet. Oh, we haven't. In, in the blackmail email, the guy says, you know, if you try to contact the police, um, if uh, if anything happens to me, I have a failsafe in place, all of my blackmail evidence will be released. Mm-hmm. So that's why he hasn't gone to the police, he's not risking it at all. Right, so Sherlock says that we will find this blackmailer, we will find their accomplice, and get rid of all the evidence. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the setup. So now... Joan and Sherlock, uh, next scene, have already found the, the the blackmailer. Because I guess he wasn't really trying to cover his tracks that bad because he's like, it doesn't matter if you find me, I have a failsafe. Mm. Um, because they like track, they like look at the, like the account number and it leads straight to him and they just like are at his house. And so they're like, okay, let's stake this guy out or something. Um, Sherlock goes into goes into the guy's apartment. I'm, I'm totally game for them to just fucking stake this dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right through the heart. <laughs> stake, stake in him. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Sherlock goes into the house and he sees, oh, there's this laptop that's got a bunch of other blackmail stuff. So not only the other victims that were mentioned before, but also like a guy with mafia ties or something, you know. Like this dude's a professional blackmailer. Mm, and there's a lot of stuff on this laptop. And then... The guy starts coming back. They were staking it out. He left. Sherlock sneaks in. And now he's coming back. Mm-hmm. And, and this whole time Sherlock's on the phone with Joan. He's got the little Bluetooth thing. I really like that feature. <laughs> I don't know why. And Joan's like, hey, he's on his way back. He must have just stopped to, you know, grab a couple quick groceries. Mm-hmm. And he's on his way. So Sherlock closes out of the blackmail and closes the laptop and starts heading to the back door. Mm-hmm. And the back door starts jingling right. as if someone's about to open. And he's like, hey, you could have mentioned he was coming to the back door. He could have specified. Right. And Joan's like, he's not. He's coming to the front door. So there's two guys coming Uh-oh. into the house. So Sherlock runs into the bathroom and closes the door. Um, he starts pooping. <laughs> Very irresponsible. No, time. he's just in the he's just in the coat closet or something. Oh yeah, no, it's, pooping in the coat closet. Yeah, he's pooping in the coat closet. Um, and so, oh, the other thing that I forgot to mention was um, he when he gets into the guy's apartment, he hears these cats around, and he's like, "Oh, another thing to hate about another reason not to like this guy. He has cats." And Jonah's like, yeah, he should have a real pet, like bees. <laughs> like a swarm of bees. Like a swarm of bees. <laughs> I'm just like, Sherlock, you are a cat. Don't uh. do not do this. <laughs> so Black Miller comes in. He sits down, opens up his laptop, you know, just to keep looking at his own blackmail. I guess. Maybe, he, maybe he has a Netflix subscription. <laughs> no, but that's a different laptop. That's a different laptop. Yeah. This is his crime laptop. And then the back door opens. Mm-hmm. And blackmailer gets up mm-hmm. very quickly, which you pointed out, even though he had a cat on his lap. Yeah. And he, he turns to face uh, the, the person breaking into his house. And he says, No, I died. And then gets shot. 
mm-hmm. and then gets shot twice more. Mm-hmm. There, there was a moment uh, where, where like he started to go down. Um, where I was like, is he gonna like lie on the ground and then like look into the closet and see Sherlock? Oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, and he's dead. He's so it doesn't matter. Completely dead. Yes. And our um, unknown assailants, because Sherlock has witnessed all of this, but. The, the guy that came in is wearing a mask, mm-hmm. uh, and he grabs the laptop, grabs the body, mm-hmm. and leaves. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, weird. <laughs> um, now, I don't know when the intro starts, um, but we do get the short intro this week. I don't know why that's important to note, but mm-hmm. to me, it is. There's. I always find it interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so now Sherlock's in kind of a pickle, right? Of like, I just witnessed a murder, but... But the victim kind of sucked. He sucked, and he has a guy who specifically, when he finds out that this other guy has died, is gonna do the bad thing that we're trying safe. to... Yeah, there's a failsafe. So, the Sherlock decides to um, tell, or talk to Captain about it, and he he does something that I don't think he needed to do yeah he's like here captain watch this video and then come see me in the conference room and so he does and he immediately comes in and he's like why the fuck did you make me watch that yeah it's it's real i mean captain is obviously really mad but he's also just like what the fuck like that's, why the fuck that's, that's fucked up yeah. you could have just told me what was on the tape right right and sure like I-, I think as a police captain he's a little bit more desensitized, or maybe, but, like, he, I don't know, he didn't need to see it, but um, Sherlock says that the reason he had him watch the video is because he was like, you need to know the stakes. And so, um, so Captain is like, why are, what are you, why are you here? And Sherlock's like, well, it's possible that I'm here to report a murder. Maybe. I might not be. Um, I might just be asking for advice. So, hypothetically, if there was a blackmailer who was going to release his blackmail if he died, um, and then he did die, hypothetically, would you keep it a secret? And I saw it happen, hypothetically. (laughs) And Captain is like, you know, if you saw this happen, you have to report it. And Sherlock's like, okay, but what if I do it tomorrow? Yeah. Well, well, Gregson brings up a good point because because it, it's not just the moral dilemma of this was a bad guy that got killed, so does it really matter? You know, because the guy that killed him, yes, might be one of the black male victims, but it also could be the guy's accomplice. Mm-hmm. It could just be. It could be anything. It could be something completely different. Yeah. yeah. So what we gotta do is we gotta find out who it is and then determine whether to. Send him to jail or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so so uh, Sherlock's like, I just need, you know, a little bit. So he goes back to the brownstone. Uh, I fully said brinestone <laughs> last episode. It's like they're okay. at the brinestone. The brinestone. <laughs> the brinestone. We're going back to the brinestone? <laughs> Long story short, Captain is keeping the secret for now. And they have a, a short amount of time before they have to... Start processing his murder, basically. So Joan's been listening to the radio, um, the police radio to make sure there's no, you know, gunshots been reported in the neighborhood or anything like that. The police scanner. Sorry, that just... 
Why is it police radio? Yeah. <laughs> is that not a thing? No. And Sherlock, apparently when they were at the blackmailer's house, got a bunch of evidence from his desk. And Joan was looking through it, and she found a ledger. So they're Heath? like... No, rest in peace. No, a book. You know. Mm-hmm. I know, I was just making a joker. <sighs> so now they're following their next lead, which is the rapist. That um, he must have been the one to film these assaults. And how did he get the material, the videos, to Milverton? Milverton, the name of the blackmailer. So they go to visit him in jail. Mm -hmm. And he is actually in the jail infirmary. Oh, no. Oh, ouchie. Oh, he's got a fucked up face and a broken leg and hopefully a few broken ribs. Mm -hmm. And Sherlock is like, you know, I heard that victimizers of children get extra horrible treatment in jail. I'm glad that that's real. (laughs) You fucking suck. So, um, I, the whole time I, he was talking to the, the dude, I was expecting like Sherlock to do one of those things where he like pats him on the, on the leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's what he deserves. Um, so they ask him about Milverton and, um, the guy does some like, oh, it's my dad's friend. He was visiting me to say hi. And they're like, no, we know that he's a blackmailer and he has your tapes. And he's like, okay, fine. He, I had stored the videos in my storage unit, and when I went to jail, they put my storage unit up for auction because I couldn't keep up with the payments anymore. He bought my storage unit. He said he got a lot of dirt that way. So he's actually blackmailing this guy. He's not in cahoots with him. So they still haven't found the accomplice. Away they go. Now, now I do, I do like this part because it just shows how considerate and loving Sherlock is in his own way because the, the the reason this guy was being blackmailed over these tapes is because he has a, a parole hearing coming up mm-hmm. and and if those tapes are released it's it's likely like the judge is gonna forget what he did I mean yeah but, it, but it's it is a it's definitely it. it's definitely worse yeah to see it and and it's also worse to to film it um oh yeah that's a separate offense even. yeah um but but Sherlock is like I'm not going to make the decision whether or not to release these tapes of the parole hearing. That's up to the the victims' families. Yes, that yes, I remember that. Yeah, that's a big that's a big thing. Um, just kind of how they handle the fallout of all of this is is up to them. Mm-hmm. So now they are back at the brownstone again. Joan comes down with a glass of water and for some reason one half of a grilled cheese sandwich. And she puts the sandwich down and she's like, so how's it going, going through the evidence? And Sherlock's like, chomp, chomp. <laughs> it's going great. Because he just, he takes the grilled cheese, he takes a big old bite out of it, and then he puts it back on the plate. And the plate is not on his side of the table. No. Joan just sat down and put her food and drink down. Yes. Went to get her chair. And Sherlock was like, oh, you made me half a sandwich. Thank you. Yeah. I'll take one bite out of that. Which, if she had brought down a sandwich that was cut in half... I could see that of like, oh, two sandwiches, one for me and one for you. But it's just, oh, you made a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm hungry as fuck. <laughs> We're roommates now. I'm going to eat this. It's like, I don't eat a lot. So allow me this one bite of grilled cheese. Thank you. I can, I can has cheese grilled. <laughs> 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 
So what Sherlock has found is he's um, he's verified what the guy in jail was was saying, and he's also found a bunch of outgoing payments to someone who's just labeled Henry VIII. And Joan is like, maybe it's a partner or something. And Sherlock says, yeah, he, he consistently gets 10% of all the blackmail money coming in. Mm. Sounds like a finder's fee or something like that. So Henry VIII, who I'm pretty sure is dead. Because <laughs> it's been a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not super up on history, mm-hmm. but I seem to recall that being... Something that did happen to him was death. Yeah. You know what's funny is, is, is he's like, what is the first thing you think of when you think of, of uh, Henry VIII? How morbidly obese he was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, the fact that he killed seven of his wives. Yeah. It was, <laughs> he was, yeah. He didn't like when his wives' heads were attached to their bodies. Yeah. He also invented a whole religion to divorce one of his wives, yeah. didn't he? He, he also killed his wives because they they weren't having sons, which, as we now know, is 100% up to the sperm donor. Right. Very much not their fault. And maybe he should think about why he has such feminine sperm. And by he should think about it, I mean he's dead. <laughs> so he probably won't be. But anyway. Um, they get a text or a call from Alfredo who says that you know he's he's taken over seeking out the seeking out Milvertons, the blackmailers, um, and he says he saw someone approach Milvertons, but then um, when they get there, they're like, "Okay, where is he?" And Alfredo's like, "He left right after he got there. Like he knocked on the door and then he walked away." Also, it's New York, so it probably took you like thirty minutes to get here. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not. Yeah, and he hasn't been knocking on the door the whole time. Yeah, so they're like, "Well, darn." Who, what, what was he? What did he look like? And he was like, I don't know. He's like a big guy, tall. He wore a suit and cowboy boots. I don't really know. Gray, gray hair, gray mustache. I feel like I've seen him somewhere, but I'm not quite sure where. <laughs> I do like, he's like, I, I saw him somewhere. I don't know if it was a meeting or maybe I stole his car back in the day. Yeah. These are the only times I see people. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, those are the two things about Alfredo. <laughs> um, but that is, I mean, those are the times where he would like see someone, but not really like get to know them at all. Right. So um, Sherlock's like, well, there's only one thing to do. You've seen Criminal Minds. I've seen Criminal Minds. You need to get in the trunk of the car so we can regress you to the moment. Mm-hmm. We need sensory deprivation. And we don't have that fancy tank that I used to sleep in seasons five just yet. Yeah. <laughs> and Alfredo's like, you want me to do what? <laughs> He's like, I'm not getting in the trunk. And Up in the boot. <laughs> and then Joan says, wait, um, did you grow up in New York City? You watch a lot of late night TV? And Alfredo's like, yeah, of course. I'm a person. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Joan pulls up this little YouTube video that's an ad for Sheriff Duke Landon. So this is a, this is a guy who's, you know, were you recently in an automobile accident? Have you been injured in some way? I'm here to Well, help then, you. you better call Saul. Right. Better call the sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town, and it's me, Duke. I'll fight for you in court. I'll put up my dukes. I'll duke him. I was... I'll duke him at... Uh, I'll duke nuke him. I'm just a simple country hyper chicken. Um, anyway, so here's a lead. Oh. Ooh, guy, sheriff. So they go to the sheriff, and they're like, "So, do you know this guy, um, Charles Milverton?" 
was he one of your clients, maybe? Did you blackmail people together? And he's like, um, if he was one of my clients, I wouldn't be able to say. So... Thank you, laws. Checkmate. Bye. And Sherlock's like, hmm. And he grabs a frame off the wall. And he smashes it on the desk. And he pulls out the diploma that's inside of there. And he's like, huh, this is real interesting. Joan, you see something interesting about these two signatures? I had you read my monographs about handwriting. Joan says, hmm, the two Fs of the school dean and the chair of the vote, something. Yeah. The two people that signed these people. President and vice president of the university, whatever. The two signatures on the thing are clearly made by the same person. Mm -hmm. The same delirian Fs. Danelian F. DeLorean F. Dolores F. <laughs> Both of the people signed their name as Dolores F. <laughs> That's suspicious. So it's probably the same person. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, sometimes I like doing my signature for other people's names. What do you mean? Like, the way I write Alexander Farquharson mm-hmm. with like a big A, the, the swooping Z. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll do that with you. I'll write like Valerie and the, like the... Big V and then a sw- swooping... Yeah, I guess it doesn't really... L? Yeah. It's, it's mostly like the first two letters. I don't do cursive. Mmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll do my dad, Douglas, and let's like a big G. <laughs> but that's what it is, because it's, it's one guy that was forging two different signatures. Right. And not very well. Mm-hmm. Duke. Duke. You're probably not even a Duke. And his name is Esquire. I mean, no. He has an Esquire after his name. And Sherlock's like, hmm. You probably don't have an Esquire because this is a fake-ass diploma. Maybe I should um, call the bar and see if you're even really bar certified. And Duke's like, okay, shut up. I will help you. Fine. I was not the fail-safe. I was just someone who would supply Milverton with potential blackmail victims. But that's all I did. That's it. And Joan is like, oh, that's all? Great. I hope they reported him to the bar after they left. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point because he still is fraudulent, mm-hmm. and he didn't earn he he didn't earn their favor. He still sucks. I'm sure they do. I'm sure all the the riffraff that they uh, meet throughout their little adventures, all the scum gets yeah cleaned up. Mm-hmm. The pond scum gets gets um, fished out of the pond with the big. Net yeah. on this pole. Mm-hmm. The yeah. skimmer. The skimmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So. Now they're back at the brownstone. And um, Sherlock is playing with some little plastic discs. And Jonah's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, they're sobriety chips. I bought a bunch of them online. <laughs> and like, yes, you can do this. You can buy a trophy online. That says best kisser. It doesn't make you a good kisser. But I am the best kisser. Yeah, I'm just saying you can do that. Okay. Um, also, it's weird. So, so, like, I mean, the one-year chip is not the first chip you get. You get, like, a one-day, a one-week, a one-month, two-month, three-month. I think every month or something like that. Um, so had he just, like, not been collecting his other chips? Yeah, I'm sure of that. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's... Maybe this is the one that you really can't ignore. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just did it for um, writing's sake. Dramatic effect. Yeah. Yeah. So Joan is like, you punk. 
<laughs> and he also has like a, a tin can that there a bunch of chips are in. She's like, "Have you been playing quarters?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just I wasn't drinking them. I wasn't drinking. I just I just wanted to see him bounce. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to play with them." But he has found something in the evidence, so it's time to move on from the chip discussion. And he says, "I have found this guy Abraham Zellner, who was referred to the sheriff by um, Milverton." So that's the only time he's ever referred a client to the sheriff. So there, so Sherlock is like, hmm, maybe this is his possible accomplice. Ooh. Wonder what he was trying to accomplice with this. <laughs> so now uh, they get a call from Capitan, who has some news. The cop Who has some real concrete information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because some cops on parole, I mean patrol or something, <laughs> found a guy dumping a body into some wet concrete at a construction site. Wet cement, yeah. Wet cement. Concrete is, is just is dry cement. What? Cement is what you pour. It, it becomes concrete. I thought it was cement is the thing that holds the gravel together, and concrete is when it's cement and gravel. I actually have no idea. Could be a magma lava situation. Mm. But I think I'm correct. (laughs) (laughs) I am. (laughs) History will will bear the truth. Hey, uh, write in the comments um, um, whose sidewalk you're on. No! No! I get it. Um... So, uh... Oh, oh, if if you're being blackmailed, you have to provide pavement. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, I guess that works. <laughs> Pay, payment, v, pavement. <laughs> payment, v. payment. V. So Captain says to Sherlock, you know, this guy, when he was caught with the body, explained that this, his victim had been blackmailing him. And obviously some hypothetical bells went off in my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, what does a hypothetical bell sound like? Ding, possibly? I'm a detective? Say I were... <laughs> <laughs> Say I were to... Bong? 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 In a world where... Clang? And Sherlock is like, you wouldn't... He wouldn't happen to have admitted to being this guy's failsafe or anything. Did he? And Captain is like, no. It's Anthony Pistone. So it's this guy who is the, another father who was being blackmailed for the same thing that uh, Sherlock's grand sponsor was being blackmailed for. So now we see him confessing. He says, you know, I got a, a blackmail note a couple months ago and then another couple months before that. And, you know, this third one, I just, I snapped. And I... I well, he's like, he was like, I, I can't, I couldn't pay anymore. Because this guy has a, a construction uh, business with his his brother that hadn't had a lot of clients, and he was he was able to you know scrounge together the the first blackmail pavement, but but by this one he he just had enough, mm-hmm. and so he he told the guy that he was able to get his hands on the money, but uh, it's all in cash, uh, and he can't deposit it in the bank without raising some red flags, so he'd have to just like drop the money off. Mm-hmm. So he drops the money off in an envelope underneath a park bench. Blackmailer goes and picks it up, uh, and then goes back to his house, where this guy, well, we saw what happened. Broke in the back door, shot him a few times, stole the laptop and the body, 
He uh, he said that uh, he smashed up the laptop and and threw it away, mm-hmm. and then the the body. Uh, uh, he was about to put it in the cement, and then he just saw his face, and it looked like it was looking up and laughing at him from beyond the grave, and so he lost control and gave him the boot. I, and by that, say. I mean he stomped on his face. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't mess him up that bad. He can still have an open casket. A, open casket. So Sherlock and Captain leave the interrogation room and viewing room, and and Sherlock is um, not very happy because you know this guy killing the blackmailer has put everybody else at risk because they don't know if the failsafe is still there. Did I say failsafe? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Sherlock's worried about the stale faith. Don't make fun of me! <laughs> um, yeah, he, so he's talking to the captain, and the captain's like, yeah, I don't love it either, but like, uh, bye. Yeah, well, but like, there, there's fuck all we can do about it. Yeah, yeah, we just have to keep trying to work the case and, and hope that we catch the accomplice before he learns that, before he, he fail-safes. And um, so next... Bell has some news for Sherlock. He's like, hey, Sherlock, I looked into it for you, and Abraham Zellner doesn't exist. Sorry. Bye. Pretty impressive to, to come up with a fake name that isn't even the real name of someone else. Yeah, I don't know how hard it really is. I mean, how many Zellners can there be? Well, there are billions of people. But in New York. There's a billion people. Well, you got me there. So, um, Sherlock puts his hands on his face because he just, he can't believe it. I just, I don't know, I just noticed that moment. <laughs> I like when, when he's not just, like, standing there and, like, receiving information or saying things. Like, he's, mm-hmm. I don't know, more active, I think. He gets a call from Joan, and he's like, all right, um, are you calling to tell me that the apartment is on fire and my bees have escaped and there's a comet coming from Manhattan and there's a giant robot? That became sentient and is killing all of humanity. And, <laughs> and I have a brain aneurysm that gives me visions of the future. <laughs> <laughs> that one wouldn't be that bad. But it would make him confront the idea that God is real. Mm. Which I don't know that he wants to do. No, I think Eli Stone is a lot more, even though he's not that open, is a lot more open to the idea of taking orders from a higher power than Sherlock would be. Mm-hmm. I said on that HKIP episode that there isn't really a, a Christmas episode of Sherlock because there isn't like a Jesus is real Sherlock Holmes <laughs> episode of Sherlock. Eli Stone is kind of the Jesus is real Sherlock Holmes <laughs> episode, but it's a whole a whole two seasons of a show. Um, but Joan's like, well, uh, no, I don't know if it's good or bad news, but um, actually, you know, she's calling to relay the fact that Alfredo called and Sherlock's grand sponsor got another blackmail email, just like the other ones. From the same blackmailer. From the same blackmailer. And so um, Sherlock, Alfredo, and Joan are now at the Brownstone. They're reading the email that, that he had gotten. And it's, you know, they actually, they, they read out the threat that he had first gotten. Like when, when um, this grand sponsor is explaining to Joan and Sherlock what had happened... He's like, and this is the email they sent me. And Joan, like, reads it out loud. And um, in this shot, you can actually see that it's the exact same wording. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a nice detail. Or a lazy detail. <laughs> like, they didn't write, like, back, back, back again. <laughs> you will send me $10,000. Back, back, black again. 
Blackmail. Like, never mind. Back, 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 blackmailing you for $10,000 is me, what I'm doing. That's how you know I'm not a blackmailer. Because if I was, I would have had a better thing to say. Just Man, that. it's a good thing that I have pretty much no shame. Because if I was ever being blackmailed for $10,000, mm-hmm. I'd be like, ha bro. Yeah. Well, you haven't done anything and nothing bad has happened to you. Uh-huh. That you wouldn't want out there. But also, I jerk off in front of my computer a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if your webcam ever spontaneously turned on. Yeah, or someone, like, hacked into my computer and got it. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that your webcam did it by itself. <laughs> yeah, just spontaneously. Yeah, but, it, I mean, that's, like, that's literally, like, it. Like, that's all that people could blackmail you with. Because otherwise it's like, do you... Give us $10,000 or we're going to show this picture of your butt to everybody. <laughs> it's like, okay. That, that's Stream strapped for danger too. <laughs> that, like, that's a still from my movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a movie that I will I will say is not a porno. but It's close. It's close. So Sherlock's like, wow, I've never been more thankful that people are inherently greedy. Yeah, right. Because it looks like the, the, the failsafe actually decided not to be a failsafe. And instead of releasing all of the blackmail material, has just decided to take over the business. It's almost like the person working with a blackmailer uh, has no real moral compass and no moral obligation to said blackmailer once they're dead. Hmm. There's no honor between teeths. Between teeths? Yeah. That's That's a thing that dentists say. Yeah. Is that why you're supposed to floss? Mm -hmm. So that there isn't any stuck in there? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's a positive note, at least. You know, stuff's not getting out yet. Mm-hmm. And um, then Sherlock's like, all right, we're going to, you know, keep reading, looking into this new lead. Thank you so much, Alfredo. You can leave. Goodbye. And Alfredo's like, hey, so tomorrow is your sober anniversary. We're going to a meeting and you're getting a chip. And Sherlock's like, I don't want a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you know, no, I can't accept it because, you know, it wouldn't be a, a commemoration of my success of being sober. It would just remind me that a year ago I failed and I was a failure and I did drugs and I was a failure. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, he was like, I don't see it as a, a mark of the beginning of my success, but as the end of my failure. And I'm like, that's... Yeah, one door closes. That's okay. That's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think of it as leaving the kitchen. I think of it as entering the living room. <laughs> it's like you're doing both at the same time. I don't want to think about the kitchen ever again. <laughs> um, so Alfredo's like, okay, but these milestones aren't about you. They're so that other people can be like, wow, this guy got a, a sober for a year. I can do it too. Yeah. And Joel like, well, Sally. And then Alfredo's like, as hard as it might be, one of these days, you might have to get over yourself. Yeah. Which is such a mic-dropping line. And something that Sherlock is like, hmm, I will take that under advisement, but no. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, I'm pretty big. I don't think I'm going to do that. It's I'm difficult. Kind of a big deal. So. So the next morning, Joan is sleeping peacefully in her bed, in her room, her private room, that's hers. <laughs> and she hears, Ahem. And she's like, Ugh. What? Ugh. And Sherlock is just sitting in the chair. I don't know why she hasn't removed this chair from her room. 
He's just sitting in the the chair. And- he, she does every 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 morning. <laughs> she she puts it back into the hallway, and and then before she wakes up the next morning, it's back again mm-hmm. with Sherlock. Sherlock, in it. Sherlock grabs that, puts it down, sits in it, and starts drinking his coffee. <laughs> so he do you th- sorry. Do you think he just like he sits there and like with his full cup of coffee and like waits, and then he's like, if I get halfway through this cup slurp. then then i'll i'll say something slurp, slurp, like, slurp, but sometimes slurp. he's like oh, I, I, I can only get through three quarters and then i'm gonna have to wake her up <laughs> <laughs> three quarters is more than a half I, I meant three quarters left so sherlock has some very good news Ooh. yeah he says joan i found henry the eighth turns out it's a king from england <laughs> who died a long time ago <laughs> no so he's found a pattern he looked through all of the sheriff's cases and... Oh, I, I think the one thing, sorry, that we didn't mention about um, Alphabet Man, uh, Abraham Ziegler. Zellner. Whatever. Um, is the fact that he's a very large man. And that is what the lawsuit was about. It was He, he sued an airline for not having big enough seats for him. So what... Sherlock did was then looked through all of these similar lawsuits like that on the East Coast, and he found this pattern. Yes, he found a pattern of people who had sued places for not being accommodating enough to a large man, who then the large man took a very quick payout. So Almost as if he was using a fake name and a not-quick settlement, as in a, a court case, might lead to somebody being- figuring out... That he's a fraudulent man. Yes. So so he has all these names. Uh, Abraham. What is, is he? Abraham Zellner. And then uh, Barry Yellner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Xavier. Uh-huh. Charles Xavier. Charles Xavier. <laughs> yeah, people didn't think that that was confusing mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and then there is um, Dongle Wongle. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not detecting detecting the, the uh, pattern here... Mm-hmm. It, it's Joan points out that the first name starts with uh, A and goes uh, down the alphabet, and the last name begins with Z and goes up the alphabet. Eeyore Vonky was the next one uh, on the yes. list. Yes, my and favorite then, Winnie the Pooh character. And then fart underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but names, fa- a bunch of fake names, aren't really going to help anybody. It just establishes a pattern. Uh, however, in a couple of the cases, there was a, a reporter there for one reason or another, and, and this guy's picture got taken. And, and so there's a, a picture of uh, farting underwear, mm-hmm. and then there's also a picture of Stuart Bloom, who S- sued a Cineplex for not having wide enough seats. Stuart Bloom. But the fake name should be Ewart uh, Bloom. Ewart Bloom, if it was following the pattern. But it's Stuart. Which makes Sherlock think maybe uh, this is his first one oh. where he used his real name. And then he was like, I could make a lot of money doing this. And he says, you know, um, Balls Yancey doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have a uh, DMV profile, but Stuart Bloom does. So now it's so it's time to go try and, and find Stuart Bloom. And so they do so by going to his house. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. It's a good way to find people. I mean, it's right in the DMV record. Right. Yeah. And um, he doesn't answer. So 
They break into his house because that's, you're allowed to do no, that. No, they heard a baby crying, so they had to go in. Mm-mm. No, they didn't. <laughs> you're lying for them. You're an accomplice after the fact. I will always lie for Joan and Sherlock. Eight years after the fact, you're an accomplice mm-hmm. for them breaking into that. Uh, there's a statute of limitations on lying, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I'm not a lawyer. So um, they go in and they're like, Stuart Bloom, hello. Hello, anybody home? And he's not. So they decide to go further into his house. And then there's this crunching sound that they're stepping on something crunchy. And it's cat litter. And Jonah's like, huh? Sherlock's like, I think this was put down to absorb some kind of smell. Some kind of horrible smell. Mm. And they're following the smell. And uh, they open the bathroom door. And there is Stuart Bloom. There is Grimace. Grimace. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah, he looks bad because he's dead. Yeah, Stuart Bloom uh, has been sat in his uh, bathtub dead for a week. Several weeks. Stuart Bloom has wilted. Oh! Yeah, and it's super gross. So that's why the, the cat litter was there. And they're like pretty sure that they found the accomplice. Man, sorry. So, I mean, what we see is essentially exactly what is in uh, room 217 of the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Okay, I haven't um, seen it. Okay. Um, but we are adults, and uh, that body... I'm sorry. A complete tangent. I'm just thinking about Danny Torrance, the little eight-year-old boy, being stalked by essentially the ghost of what we just witnessed in the bathtub. What are you thinking about it? How fucking terrible that must be. Mm. As a child, no wonder he's a fucking alcoholic when he grows up. Well, I don't think it's ever good to be... There's never a good age to be haunted by a gross corpse. Ghost. So I agree. But there's a worse age, which is younger. So the police come, investigate it. Uh, Joan points out uh, a bruise on the man's chest. Which looks like a uh, footprint, a, a boot print. A boot print. Of someone that must have, you know, uh, uh, stepped on him to drown him in the tub. Captain takes a look at the body and is very... He has COVID. I mean, he's not reacting to the smell at all. <laughs> like, Sherlock's in the corner. He's like, we discovered the... Look at the boot print of the chest. You ever think about how Sherlock has a super sense of smell? Yes. And how this must be, like, 20 times worse for him than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the captain, like, looks at the body. He's like, hmm, looks like he's been in here a couple of weeks. It's just like, dude, He's ew. like, hmm, I've got a blueberry pie waiting for me at home. <laughs> uh, so they're like, so yeah, Milverton killed his accomplice. And they're like, and, sh- and captain is like, why do you think that it was Milverton? Why don't you think that... Pistone, who killed Mil- Milverton, also killed the accomplice. And I'm I'm shocked that Sherlock wasn't just like, because Pistone's a fucking construction worker, and it, it took me, the world's greatest detective, a little bit of time to find this guy. And so how, well, I guess if he had the laptop, maybe it just said, hey, it's it's Stephen Bloom. Here's my other, here's here's my my other, other accomplice, Stuart yeah, Bloom. Maybe Pistone didn't have to do the detective work to find him. But it doesn't matter because the boot print is size six to eight, and our blackmailer is size seven, and Pistone is size twelve. Mm-hmm. So his humongous feet. Yeah, um, it's a waste of foot, really. It's too much foot. 
I think. Yeah. Nobody needs that much foot. No, it's ridiculous. You're just showing off at that point. Yeah. So now it seems like a closed loop because Milverton is dead. His accomplice is dead. But there's still a new blackmailer. So there's an, some, somebody else that's in this equation. Mm. So they still have to, they need more data. And so they go back to the brownstone and um, Joan is like, okay, well, I'll start looking through the files to see if I can find more data. And Sherlock is like, I was being a punk with the sobriety chips. <laughs> I was trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah. He's like, I was trying to spark a conversation. I wanted to talk to you, but I didn't know how. Because I don't know how to ask for help. Yeah, very Sherlock. So he says that he told Alfredo, you know, all this stuff about oh, the period of failure, not a period of success, and blah, blah, blah. But the real reason that he can't accept the chip is because it's not his real anniversary. Mm. And Jonah's like, what, you relapsed? And Sherlock's like, before I met you, this was a long time ago. And it was actually the day after he agreed to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. So he agreed with his father that, you know, he had a problem and he needed to stop doing drugs. But the second day he was at Hem- Hemdale, he got really sick, which is what happens. Withdrawal. Withdrawal. Yep. And so he's like, you know, he snuck out and, and got some drugs and came back. And then the next day was his real, you know, first day of sobriety. And um, Joan is like, you know, I understand why that would be upsetting, but you di- that doesn't change, you know, what you did the 364 days after that. Mm-hmm. You know, you did still accomplish a lot. Even if it's off by a few hours, you still have been sober for a year, which is a big deal. Right. And Johnny Lee Miller is such an amazing actor. Uh, this scene is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so emotional. He has this moment where he's like trying not to gesture violently and like just slowly points to the arm of the chair to as like you know he you can tell that there's so much inside of him mm-hmm. and he says you know i i decided to not do drugs anymore and then i slipped up me i i decided that sherlock holmes so you know it might seem like just a detail but i'm a i'm a man of details and it matters to me it's really just really powerful scene yeah we're not. There's no way for us to do it justice, honestly. Just go watch it. Just go watch the whole episode, and then watch all the other episodes also. <laughs> and he says, obviously, I have to tell Alfredo, but it didn't seem right to tell him before I told you. Mm. Which she's not his sober companion anymore. She's just his best friend. Yeah. He doesn't say it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Then he gets a little text from Gregson or an email from Gregson or something on his. Microsoft Surface tablet. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, great. Um, his autopsy report, which I would f- consider new data, except that I was there when he died. So Yeah, because he's already gone through all the data, all the evidence. He put it up on the wall, took it off, put it up again, and took it off. And he, he just, he, there's nothing else. He needs something new. Mm-hmm. And Jonah's like, let me look at it. Huh. And Sherlock's like, what? What do, you, what do you see with your elf eyes? <laughs> and um, Joan is like, well, when he said um, that he stomped his face, I figured it was, you know, on the face part, mm-hmm. which that's what I pictured too, you know, yeah. smushing Wh- his wh- face. Which is how I, I, when he was like, it'll be fine for an open casket. I was like, 
no yeah what yeah, yeah, broken nose and like, like concave yeah. face just yeah. flat face but uh <laughs> concave <laughs> goes in but it's just um it's actually just this one part on the on the side of his face it's kind of like his his left temple and this is new information to sherlock because because pistone stomped the body at the construction site not right, right after he shot you him. know there's not yeah i mean Sherlock knows knows the cause of death, mm-hmm. but and he's like, "Wait, this is interesting." He stomped this guy's scars, and John's like, "Huh?" And Sherlock's like, "He had these scars on his forehead on that side that were really distinctive. It's almost like he stomped them to cover them up or something." Oh. So, which he did not do a great job of even that. Because there's, like, the part of the face that was stomped on, and, like, right underneath it, you can still see part of one of the other scars. Well, but it's not the complete shape. Yeah. That's the difference, I That's think. That's true. But, um, this is not a conversation for the brownstone. This is a conversation. For the parlor room! The parlor room! It's a parlor room reveal time, obviously, in Captain's office and not actually a parlor room, because we realized today... We don't really know what that is. <laughs> a parlor room. It's the it's the room you do your reveals in. Yes. So that's where gender reveals should be. <laughs> Not in the middle of the forest? No. Burn down your own house. Don't get anybody else in trouble. Anyway, um, so they explain what what had happened. And I'm going to quickly explain that a parlor room is a room for the reception and entertainment of visitors to one's home. Kind of like a living room. Huh. Okay. Like the party room. Yeah, I guess. I feel like when you walk into, like, not just, like, any house, but, like, you're like, oh, this is not a mansion, but it's a nice house. Kind of that first room you you go into. I feel like that's the parlor room. That's the foyer. Is that where you would entertain guests? Is the foyer? I don't know. I think it's the May- party room. Maybe the parlor room is just like when you have a second living room. That like, doesn't have a TV in like, it? Like 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 when I go to Tom's parents' house, there's a room that has no other purpose besides having a grand piano and uh, two Roman busts. Jesus. Yeah, that would be a parlor room. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're in the parlor room, and the person their parlor room revealing to is... Pesquati. Pistone. Right, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, the guy that killed the blackmailer. Mm-hmm. Stomped on his face. Mm-hmm. Because he had said, oh, I found out who he was by giving him the envelope and following him home. And they say, oh, 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 oh. That wasn't the first time you met him. Four months ago, the blackmailer was, quote, unquote, mugged. He got beaten to, to pulp. Mm-hmm. And that's when he got his scars. And when he got that beating, the the cops took pictures of the scars that he got because he has these weird, like, kind of X-shaped marks on his forehead in this little area. Sherlock's like, the, it looks a lot like your ring, Mr. Pistone, your big cross ring. Oh. Mr. Pistone's like, everybody has one of these. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, we all love to wear giant cross rings. You love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it is just a cross, but I'm imagining if it was a crucifix. And so the scars were the little X, but also a tiny body of Jesus. <laughs> See this little guy right here? <laughs> so they explained their theory, which is that Pistone went to beat this dude up and kill him for being a blackmailer and blackmailing him about his daughter. And the guy was like, wait, don't kill me. I'll give you my blackmail money. And the dude was like, Pistone was like, well, so it wasn't really my daughter and just my stepdaughter. Yeah, they say like, your neighbors report that you guys argue a lot. I'm just like, damn, dude, that's cold. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're a horrible guy, but I don't really like her that much. So he became another accomplice of Milverton. And the guy had even said, you know, oh, we can't keep up with with the blackmail because my construction company isn't doing very well. And they're like, so you needed the money, so you took it. And then you realized after Milverton killed his um, accomplice, his other accomplice, Stuart Bloom, the big purple guy. Well, Sherlock also says, you know, we don't actually know if if the blackmailer decided to kill Bloom or if maybe you suggested it. But either way. Yeah, either way he did he's it. Dead. And then it's just you and Milverton left. And maybe a 50-50 split wasn't enough for you. Yeah, maybe you wanted to take his laptop and take over the business so you could 50-50 split it with your brother instead. He's like, I told you, I smashed that laptop and threw it away. And then Captain's like, you mean this laptop? (gasps) And they found it in the guy's brother's office desk. So they know that he was, you know, working in cahoots with his brother. The best part of the all of these parlor room reveals is the warrant that the captain ex- um, executed earlier in the day. Yeah, they're always like, earlier today we went to your home and office. And it's like, where was he then? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you were spending three hours at the park. We went to your home and office. Well, actually, I mean, this one at least is explained by he just got out of jail. Right. But still, he just made bail. And... um and the brother being the accomplice is how, you know, um, the grand sponsor got another blackmail threat. While Pistone was in jail. While Pistone was in jail. So we got him. I just, can you imagine being the other Pistone brother and, and your bro comes to you and is like, hey, I've got... This whole blackmail business mm-hmm. that um, I took over from the guy that was blackmailing my stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, like, oh, cool, bro. Right. Like, oh, I, I found the guy who was blackmailing me about my stepdaughter. Like, oh, yeah? You want to go p- beat him up? You want me to help you beat him up? Like, um, no, I got that covered. But can you do the books for the blackmailing? Because <laughs> we're going to keep blackmailing now. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure, dude. Money is money when you suck. I was just thinking about how to be like a nice blackmailer. Be like, hey, I'm g- if you don't pay this, uh, I'm going to release this to the public. But if you can't actually pay it, it's fine. I'm not going to release this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the the main operating tenet of evil blackmailers is that anybody can scrape together the money somehow. Mm. But the good way, the way to be a nice blackmailer, is to blackmail people who do bad things. Oh. Mm-hmm. So we figured it out. Yay! We got the guy. We did it. Crime solving over. You're going to jail for all the blackmail. You're going to jail for a very long time. Um, is he going to jail for the blackmail? I mean, yes, but also the murder. Uh-huh. But he was already going to go to jail for the murder. But I guess now it's like, yeah, the jury's not going to be as sympathetic to you when you're, like, trying to take over the blackmailing business instead of defending your stepdaughter's honor. Yeah, it, well, also the DA is probably no longer going to go for uh, first-degree manslaughter. Right. was the original charge, since now very much first-degree murder. Very much premeditated. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's a good point. So, it is time for our characters to develop. Time for the 20 seconds of character development. Friendship time. So, Sherlock shows up to a meeting that Alfredo is helping to set up. And Alfredo's like, oh, you decided that you are going to get your chip? And Sherlock's like, I have to tell you something. And then we cut to the brownstone. It's later that night, and Sherlock is touching up some tattoos on the other arm. Chekhov's ambidextrousy. And so he tells Joan that he told Alfredo, and, and Joan is like, Oh, well, you know, it's 1207, so happy real anniversary. And Sherlock is like, I still don't want a chip. <laughs> I'm not hungry. And Joan has a present for Sherlock. She says she, she got it at a, a secondhand store. I, I love all the caveats that she puts on this. Where she's like, hey, I'm giving you this present because it's your one-year anniversary and I'm proud of you and happy for you. But I know you don't want to hear that. So, I just happened to see this thing and I thought of you when I saw it. And I wanted you to have it so that you know that I was thinking of you and I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And she says, it's dark. It's not for everyone. And I've seen this episode multiple times and I think every time I think that it's going to be... Um, taxidermied bugs. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's a little uh, frame with the Robert Frost poem about miles to go before I sleep. Mm-hmm. Which is about the call of death seems alluring, but I've got lots to do before I die. I googled the, the meaning of the poem. Oh, gotcha. I, I read it more as sobriety is a long journey. And I'm going to to stay on this journey and kind of like I can't stop and rest and celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a poem with a lot of different interpretations. And I think in this context, that makes sense. Yeah. So Sherlock just looks at it and just gets very emotional. And that's it. It's really nice. Yeah, it's sweet. It's like, I was thinking of you. He's like... So that's our episode. If you have skipped to this part because of the content warning that was at the beginning, welcome back to the pod. Um, We have a a few different um, questions this week. Ooh. Yes, because I said, you know, hey, this episode's kind of dark, so let's get some silly questions. And I, you know, tweeted out what what this episode is about. 
Um, I asked people, what is the longest streak you've ever kept up and best or least impressive award you've ever gotten? So our first response was from um, friend of the show, Alex Leafcrunch, who says, I've currently got a 345-day streak on Duolingo. <laughs> which genuinely makes no sense because I know I started on January 1st, but that was 325 days ago. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that is confusing. That is a long time. I mean, even if even when you you can set Duolingo to just like you only have to do like two things, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've done anything every day. I think I started a Duolingo, um, and and maybe like two weeks later I deleted it from my phone, and the best streak I ever got was three days. Yeah, yeah, I have a really. I try to keep up with Duolingo, but it's hard because I'm already, I already know so much of Spanish that a lot of the lessons are like, this is the word for uncle. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and it's like, I to get to the level where I actually am in Spanish, I have to take like, it would be like if I wanted to take a college level course and I had to take like every test you get in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, yep. like all the way up. And so I just like... I lose interest pretty quick. I do like there are vocab words that I'm learning that I don't that I didn't know before, but mm-hmm. it's still. Congratulations, Alex, for 345 days in in 20 days or 40 days. We should give you a little chip that's got an owl face on it. <laughs> then we have a question from Morg at Haunting the Morg, um, who says, "What do you think would be?" Has a, there's a couple questions. What do you think would be a good way to commemorate being sober other than a chip? Did you watch watch slash do anything Lightbringer E after the episode since it was dark? And if so, what what was it? So I mean, yeah, we kind of like because of the holiday, just kind of. I mean, I watched the episode once and then went like a week and a half, where I was just like, hey, I'm just gonna do other stuff. Mm. Um, but we watched Eli Stone, which is definitely like a big palate cleanser, in my opinion. It's a feel good shell, and. Um, a good way to commemorate being sober other than a chip. Big old glass of water. <laughs> no. Um, I actually, there's, a, there's an interesting um, episode where somebody, uh, a corpse comes into the morgue where it's got a, they've got a tattoo of like the one year and like the 30 day chips and stuff. Hmm. And Sherlock is like, the whole point of the chip is that it's ephemeral. Like, it's so flim- it's as flimsy as sobriety is. And it's to remind you, you know, that you've made it this far, but it's so easily destroyed. Yeah. And I w- I've always, like, thought about that, and I thought that was really, really poignant. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, something that you could put in a frame and hang up or something. Like a, like a playing card. Yeah. Yeah, a little baseball card with you- with your face on it. And all your, <laughs> I I meant like a deck of cards. All like, your stats, but but sure, yeah, a baseball card. <laughs> if I mean, if it was a playing card, Sherlock's would say B on the back of it, like that one playing card that was on his shirt that said B. But what do you mean by playing card then? Like a like a, a two of hearts. Oh, literally just, and then you write on it one month. I, I mean, I mean, it's not an actual. I wouldn't. Like these, these are not poker chips that they wrote one month on, right? Like right, right, right. they're a, a chip specifically di- designed for that. So I'm just thinking, like, like that kind of thing. Mm. 
because because I, I mean I don't I don't think it should be something big like you shouldn't get like a trophy for it right you know I, I think it's a very personal thing mm-hmm. so it should be small maybe a challenge pin mm. or a little patch or something yeah like a, <laughs> you can put on your Girl Scout sash yeah and also a Girl Scout sash yes mm-hmm. our next question comes from Joe at the tallest Jew on Twitter. Who says, um, what would be, what would the texture of a one-year-old chip be? And what would be the most edible if the chip were corn, potato, pita, <laughs> kale, multi- multi-grain lentil, etc.? Mmm. What if you, you know, were dared to eat a one-year-old chip, what kind would you want it to be? Yeah, sweet potato. Hmm. I feel like any chip is going to be pretty stale, mm-hmm. but but the sweet potato has that extra uh, kick of flavor mm-hmm. in it that, that might be able to persist the year. Let me hit you with this one. Ow! <laughs> let, me, let me lob this your way. Hint of lime chip. Ooh. It would definitely be stale. Ooh. It would be gummy, probably, but it would still have all the lime things on it. Mm-hmm. Unless it had to be like out in the wind or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, if it was just, like, a, you'd eat one chip from a bag of chips that had been left open for a year. Uh. Definitely hint of lime, because it's got that little limey, limey goodness. And most of the time, you're not really eating it for the chip. Oh, uh, yeah. So, if it's a year old, you're definitely not eating it for the chip. Uh, I'm eating it for the vine. <laughs> uh, Joe also says... I recently hit 500 straight days of 420 snaps to a friend. That definitely <laughs> ranks among the longest and most consistent streaks that I've been able to maintain. Thanks, ADHD. That's uh, incredible. I played with this guy on Rocket League, um, and we wound up uh, friending each other on Snap. But I felt very, very old uh, because he first asked me on Rac- Rocket League, do you have Snap? And I was like, I have Pokemon Snap on the N64. Mm-hmm. A video game. I was like, I was like, what is that? And he's like, you don't know Snapchat? And I was like, oh, I do know Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> I just, I did, Snap, got it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we would, you know, send pics every now and then. And, and he sent one that said, like, streak. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to streak for I'm you. Not, I'm not getting naked. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> and he was like, no, we we have a streak. Like we've sent. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I think it's like, is it every day or every? You gotta do it every day. Yeah. So he just sent you one to send you one. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But these are, I believe, at four twenty every day. Well, yes. Five hundred days. That's a lot. I mean, that's a year and a quarter. Now, I I do have a question. Is is this uh five hundred days of four twenty p.m. or do you sometimes miss it and then you have to make up for it? With a with a quick four twenty a.m. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, Matt GameCube would sometimes, um, if he would miss four twenty, he would send it at four twenty seven, which is four twenty seconds after four twenty. Oh, yeah. See, much easier. You can always just get it two minutes after four twenty because that's four twenty two. That's also four twenty. Four twenty as well. It's four two. Four twenty two. That's another viable option. And sometimes, you, you know, you just get it at 720 and you're like, hey, California 420, what's up? Yeah. Ch- cowabunga. <laughs> yeah. So those are our questions. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the podcast. That's it. And this is the podcast. Stop taking off your shirt. Put it back on. Where'd you get that olive oil from? <laughs> it's extra virgin. No! But that is um, all for us this week. We'll be back again next week with uh, another episode of... Unless I'm depressed again. <laughs> Do you want to keep that in? I don't care. Yeah. I mean, that's why... That's, anytime we don't put a podcast out, it's because I was depressed and I didn't want to do a podcast. And now you know. We're human beings. So we do human being things. Yeah. Sally, if you would like to motivate us to make episodes more frequently, you can um, send us a $500 check about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but really, we will, we'll see you next week. And um, shout out to noisepace.xyz, our podcast overlords and uh, i'm about flight cub you can find me on twitter at flight cub buh the second b stands for twitter and i'm alec you can find me by looking inside you i moved in last week Ooh! thank you for listening this marble will keep on rolling goodbye goodbye